up witches welcome to my show i am super excited to announce the launch of my official patreon account by supporting me if you love my show or enjoying sup witches you can have the chance to become an active participant in my creative process as a member you receive exclusive content community access behind the scenes updates and the pride of fueling work that matters to all of the witches community from the most basic level as a basic witch all the way up to an enlightened master. I give you different opportunities to work with me one-on-one -on -one and become more intimate in the sub witches community. I will link the content in the show notes to check out my Patreon account and I hope you will consider supporting the show. Have a wicked day. everyone. Welcome to Sup Witches. I am your host, Lauren Coletti. Thank you so, so much for joining me today. If it is your first time listening to a Sup Witches podcast, I am so beyond blessed and grateful for you to be here. And if you're a returning listener, I thank you from the very bottom of my heart. I'm loving building this community. It is absurd. I've gained a thousand new listeners in the last month. So I am extremely thankful for every single person. Now, if you are liking and enjoying the show, please like, rate, subscribe, and share if you find it beneficial. I am excited as usual. I was going to say I am super excited as usual. Say that legitimately every single episode because I am so honored to be here with you today in audio form. So for this week's episode, I wanted to just spill it all out, right? Word vomit, not go in here with any expectations. Don't know what I have planned that I want to talk about, but I'm keeping this Valentine's Day theme going and I don't know when I will release this episode, but hopefully if you are celebrating Valentine's Day, whether it's with a partner, whether it is alone, I hope you have a very special day and find ways to give to yourself and love yourself today and love just a little bit deeper and a little bit harder because that can be the most difficult thing for many of us to do. So for today's episode, we are going to be talking about intimacy and relationships, um, how mindful sex helped me heal from sexual trauma, mindful sex for beginners, self-intimacy, and how the right relationships can help you heal. I hope you enjoy today's episode and let's get into the show. up witches. Today we're going to be talking about love that heals and building true intimacy in a relationship. So what is intimacy exactly? Many of us, when we think of the word intimacy, automatically assume sex. <laughs> but intimacy is not just related to our sexual encounters. It involves feelings of emotional closeness and connectedness with another person and perhaps even ourselves because how could we truly be intimate with another person if we're not willing to establish that deep intimate relationship within ourselves yeah so intimate relationships are often characterized by attitudes of mutual trust caring and acceptance for me in particular, this is extremely difficult because as someone that grew up with a lot of um, adverse childhood experiences, I'll say, and sexual and emotional trauma, 
The feelings of mutual trust, caring, and acceptance were never there for me. I never felt like I received unconditional love or acceptance from anyone around me. I always thought that my worth and my lovability was based on external characteristics. So a great part of our sexuality really does include intimacy, the ability to love, trust, and care for others in both sexual and any kind of relationship. We tend to learn about intimacy from those relationships around us, specifically within our families. So if you grew up in a family with alcoholism or abuse or invalidation, neglect of any kind, you probably have some wounds around intimacy. And I would love to talk about in a future episode, uh, my story with adoption and attachment trauma. So our sexual activities can take place with others where there can be varying degrees of intimacy. So for the sole purpose of this episode, we're gonna kind of stick to intimate partner relationships and self-intimacy. So we may be sexual with an intimate partner, a casual partner, an anonymous partner, a friend, but they all vary. And their degrees to how deep we are willing to go. And I think I mentioned this in my last episode where the degree of intimacy with a casual sex partner is going to look very much different from the intimacy with perhaps your husband, your wife, your mother, your father, etc. Oftentimes, intimacy with others involves taking emotional risks where people might share personal details and stories. And this is why intimacy, true intimacy, I can speak from personal experience could be devastating and scary because emotional intimacy doesn't automatically occur with sexual intimacy as people who are sexually involved may not choose to share their innermost thoughts and feelings or the sexual relationship might be one where there is not a high degree of emotional intimacy. I believe for many of us, and I can only speak for myself as a millennial, and caveat, I always say, if anything I ever say doesn't resonate with you, just leave it at the door. Intuition, listen to it. But as a millennial 26-year-old female, I've found that people in my generation are so much more apt to jump into physical intimacy than emotional intimacy, right? We date around, we ghost, we breadcrumb people, we don't get too close, we say fuck feelings, trust no one. Emotional intimacy is lacking at an all-time high. And there are really four key factors in building an emotionally intimate relationship. And this is what I've had to learn in my relationship. If any of you don't know, I am in a tremendously healing relationship for the first time ever in my life. And I've, (laughs) it's been so hard as, as grateful as I am to be with my boyfriend who I adore as many of my relationships in the past have been violent and abusive and dysfunctional, I correlated love with chaos, with uh, feelings of hurtness, with feelings of abandonment and grief. And when we challenge our narrative, right, when our life experiences are going against the story that we tell ourselves, it could be hella triggering. So I would say the main key here is knowing and liking yourself first. Even research says that the initial step towards intimacy with others is getting to know and like yourself because by coming to know and value yourself, you can then identify your innermost feelings and needs and develop the security to share them with others. After an abusive relationship I was in, uh, which really, I I don't want to say the word damaged me, but it broke me into pieces where I had to learn to pick myself up and build myself back up again. I didn't trust myself at all. I didn't trust anyone. I hated men. I hated life. And 
after that troubling relationship, often if you've been in a relationship where you were betrayed or hurt, you know how difficult it could be to open up your heart again because you just want to retreat. And I'm still working on that, going back into my shell and closing everyone out and just avoiding human contact is a bad habit for me, but it's all a work in progress. And part of that comes down to trusting and caring. Two of the most important components of an intimate relationship are trusting and caring. When trust exists, partners more likely will feel secure that disclosing intimate feelings will not lead to ridicule, rejection, or other harm. And science does show that trust builds gradually as people come to see the other person has made a sincere investment in the relationship. So the past me, the naive and gullible and young, innocent, wear her heart on her sleeve, sensitive empath me, going into a relationship with someone that was very mentally ill and destructive, I gave him the benefit of the doubt. I trusted him and it used to be my motto, trust people until they give you a reason not to. I don't necessarily believe we should keep everyone at arm's length and be cold to people and not trust anyone, but I would say use your best judgment and listen to your gut at all times. Um, I know in the past for me in that relationship specifically, I disclosed deep details about my past and I trusted this person and he used it against me. He used my words and my truth and even my wounds as a tool to hurt me even more. And that is extraordinarily painful. I can't even begin to explain or elaborate on how scarring that is, how deep the emotional and verbal wounds that one gets from an abusive relationship stick with you. And it's unlearning those beliefs and the right person will help you to feel safe the right person you definitely need to do your end of the work and take accountability for where you are coming from but the right person will bring out the best in you i always say that i've been in so many relationships where i felt neurotic and i felt like I lost myself and I felt like why are relationships bring out the worst in me now I still feel that way to an extent because love and connection and intimacy for me are very triggering but the right person I can't even start to tell you what a difference that makes but the first step is trusting and caring and caring is an emotional bond that allows intimacy to develop When people care about each other, they seek to fulfill each other's needs and interests. And the right person will care about making you happy. It's not just about them, them, them all the time. It's not about you doing this for them and you fulfilling their their needs and them not really giving a crap about your desires. It's mutual. And a large part of this is feeling safe to be honest with yourself and your partner. Honesty is also a crucial part of intimacy. When we are sexual with others, right, it could be helpful to consider what information we need to be honest about to help our sexual partners make informed decisions and what info we would like our sexual partners to be honest about with us. Um, I would always suggest trying to provide that important information um, in a way that's concise and respectful to not only our partners, 
but ourselves. You know, I had to tell Nick a part of my sexual past history that I didn't feel super comfortable sharing because I was afraid that it would change the way he sees me. Um, But he was very respectful and I think people respect honesty, right? At least I do. I respect when people tell me the truth even if it's not what I want to hear. And for me, this has come down to authenticity and communicating, clear communication, which is often the most challenging aspect for many of us. Communication is a two-way street that embraces messages, messages we receive and the message that we give. The clear communicator must then learn to also be a good listener. I would say, I would take a guesstimate, a hypothesis, right, that 60% of communicating is listening. And it's important when communicating with someone that we listen, not only to their words, but also to nonverbal cues. Nonverbal communication provides valuable clues to feelings, and we know that nonverbal communication is, what, 90% of communicating? The tone of the voice, body gestures, positions, expressions, um, not only accentuate the spoken word, but can also express emotion directly. So we have to develop these skills of communicating. Clear communicating takes the guesswork out of relationships. It helps to avert misunderstanding, relieve your resentment, relieve your partner's frustration, and just increase sexual and general satisfaction within the relationships. So that is probably the main points I wanted to talk about when it comes to developing that intimacy with a partner. But as I had mentioned at the start of this episode, that self-intimacy is where it all begins. And that's being aware of our own feelings, caring about and addressing those feelings, and then being comfortable enough to express them, whether it's to a therapist, whether it's to ourselves or a partner. Um, Conflict intimacy is about learning how to interact even around those difficult topics without aggression or being defensive. Because it's one thing to say, I don't know, hey babe, I have a pimple tonight and I'm embarrassed to see you because I don't feel hot, I don't feel confident, I don't feel sexy. That could be seen as a step in the right direction to being vulnerable and having a deep, intimate conversation. But it's completely different than saying, hey babe, um, I want to let you know that my pap smear came back abnormal and I found out I have HPV. Two completely different levels of intimacy, but I would say that perhaps try starting with the smaller things first, seeing how your partner reacts to them, and then kind of from that navigating if you want to go deep down into those harder, more difficult conversations that tie into our identity and our self-worth. And that will help you, believe it or not. I know I'm talking about verbal communication right now, but it helps build the intimacy, not only emotionally and mentally with your partner, but physically and sexually. Um, And this leads me to what is mindful sex and why should we have it? And how is mindful sex about intimacy and healing? Mindfulness in sex is a technique that brings you into the present moment by focusing on your breath, um, on sensations, on recognizing the thoughts coming into your brain, and then letting them go so that you can move more fully into an experience of pleasure. And this could be with your partner or by yourself. Um, To the uninitiated, mindful sex can sound like a laughable contradiction or, God forbid, um, summon 
images of Mike Myers in The Love Guru. You guys remember that movie? Oh my god, seventh grade. Um, But it couldn't be more logical or an intuitive practice when you learn to trust yourself. And this is backed if you're more of an analytical, logical person. I'm definitely more of an emotional, intuitive person. But research does show and prove that practice meditators have better sex. Um, 74%, I looked this up just to have some numbers. I'm not a statistic person, but I know they have their place. 74% of people consider masturbation as self-care. I cannot back that up enough. I am definitely one of those people. Of course, these people were practicing masturbation that did take this study, but 54% of those people said that in positively impacted their state of mind. Um, What's difficult in talking about mindful sex, and I know I talk about it a lot on this show as someone that teaches yoga and does energy healing um, as an energy healer practitioner, um, mindful sex is so simple, but it can not be easy, right? There's a difference between something that is simple in theory and easy in practice, but it is indeed expansive. Um, And as tangible as it is hard to put into words, um, it is out of this world sex, which I will talk about tantric sex in our next episode on sex. I've been talking about sex a lot lately, the last week or two because of February, Um, but an umbrella term Let's get back on track, Lauren. I always lose my train of thought. An umbrella term, mindful sex covers a wide spectrum of philosophies and applying meditative practices to sexuality. There is a different approach for everyone. Um, You don't have to be a practice yogi or meditation expert to do this. So I'll give you guys some tangible steps and some tools and tips and tricks you can implement tonight. So for beginners, there are no rules. I do want to and uh, elaborate that you should practice this with someone you feel safe and doesn't judge you though. Very important. Um, So I want to give yourself permission to let go, to release any judgments and to keep an open mind as well as trusting your own instincts and your body. Avoid setting any goals such as achieving orgasm, um, but rather intend to go into your sexual encounter to explore, to discover, observe, accept, let go of what no longer serves you, baby girl. So try everything solo first if you feel more comfortable and then bring in your partner when you feel more safe and comfortable. And if you put off reasons to do this, I want you to schedule mindful sex or masturbation. Aim for roughly one to two times a week um, on days when you have the most emotional energy to give. Set the right mood in a safe environment. Slow the fuck down. (laughs) This I can't elaborate enough. Don't be in such a rush to get there. Unhurried touch, deep breaths, pacing arousal, gradual escalation, it helps. And with that being said, investigate the parts of your body you never considered before. Like your, I don't know, eyelids, the creases of your knees behind your ear. It doesn't have to just be genitals. So what to try and when to try it. Avoid getting stuck in your usual sexual routines. Change up the technique. Change up the positions. Look things up. Create a sex bucket list. It's so fun. Experiment with different sensations. um, Play. Toys. Only try maybe one new thing per session perhaps because then it could get overwhelming and you can get flustered. So give yourself time to explore and find out what you like 
and what you don't like. Um, visual aids are great, but porn? Mm, I'm not a fan of porn. I'm sorry. I'm biased here. I fucking hate porn. I think porn is poison to the brain um, when overused. Um, it tends to be more goal-oriented, male-dominating sex. Of course, I'm generalizing. I don't think all porn is harmful. Uh, depends on the person and the relationship, though. But that's another topic for another day. Try more sensual stuff, in-person stuff. Force yourself to use your imagination. Um, this could be autoerotica, listening to sexy novels, um, putting hot music on, find people that resonate with you, teachers, um, tantric guides, meditations, and look at yourself in the mirror naked. I know I made a whole episode about walking around your house naked. I'll try to find that and link that in the show notes, but your first instinct, and this is coming back to self-intimacy, if you can't look at yourself naked, ugh, I know I'm right there with you, sis. It's hard. It's uncomfortable. Um, it's so tempting to harshly criticize every insecurity you see, but instead think of more neutral language to describe less charged parts of your body, like your wrists, um, your toes, I don't know, your arms. And try to talk to yourself the way you would talk to your partner, not abusively, I would suggest. Um, those are some mindful sex tips and tricks. And I want to wrap up this episode, lastly, because I hope that whether you're in a relationship with someone else or yourself, you're healing. And the right relationships can help you heal. And this will be the last thing I'm going to touch on today because at some point I got to stop talking. It's so funny. I was with my friend Shannon uh, last night and we actually recorded a podcast together. So I plan on announcing that once it's out. But I am extremely introverted. I'm an INFJ. Um, I know I have some INFJ listeners because then you wouldn't be listening to all this self-help things. We get off on that shit. Um but I could talk for days to myself. And I found that introverts have so many thoughts, they just tend to internalize them and not express them. But again, Lauren, another topic for another day. So healing relationships, what are they? Why are they important? How do we develop them? Your personal support system consists of many relationships. They could be your doctors, your coworkers, your family, your friends, they can support you or they can add to your stress and burdens. And relationships are everything. Even as someone that's introverted, as someone that is somewhat antisocial, not sociopathically, but antisocial as in, I don't like people too much. I love animals, not so much people. Um, relationships and connection are so very important. And we know this and more research is coming out on this. An optimal interpersonal environment is made up of more positive relationships than burdensome ones. Those that are healing in nature are loving and kind and trusting and they benefit everyone involved. And believe it or not, you might feel like, oh, I don't need anyone. I'm fine by myself. I'm independent. That's great. But we are social beings. We need relationships with others, both individually and as part of a community, because relationships and connection provide us with a sense of belonging, caring, and support our health. In fact, it has been shown that physical illness can result from social isolation and depression, and loneliness is being found to be one of the leading causes of illness, and it's kind of scary. 
but as we know, some relationships are better for us than others. And while some relationships may literally make us sick um, because they could be so toxic, love and support among friends and family members and perhaps a significant other actually boosts our immune system and can delay disease and death. So social support and belonging really are vital in reducing stress and overall improved wellness and quality of life. Positive relationships are healing. Compassion and trust and honesty, um, these are elements of a healing relationship, being loved, respected, understood, um, feeling heard. It has a profound effect on our health and our mental health. So going back to those layers, trust, feeling emotionally and physically safe, feeling like you don't have to be on guard and the person you love isn't going to hurt you. Honesty, you honor each other's true feelings without harm. Compassion, you're understanding, you're empathic. You have the ability and willingness to express kindness and you're in that sort of connection with each other. If you find that a relationship doesn't contain these aspects, these main factors, um, don't feel like you have to shut that person out of your life. Of course, unless it's abusive, I would suggest shutting that person out of your life. Um, but it is possible to learn skills that infuse relationships with healing qualities. Um, obviously communication is key. This is less so much in the sexual bedroom, um, and more so in your everyday life with your partner or your family or yourself. Honest and open communication, essential, obviously. If you feel like you can't speak your truth, if you feel like your partner doesn't value or honor what you're saying, they invalidate you, they gaslight you, um, probably not healthy, probably toxic, my love. So um, understanding, not only you being understood, but listening to understand rather than to be heard uh, helps with preventing misunderstandings. Um, being a friend. It does make an important impact. So even if you are in a relationship, having quality friendships, you need to have them. Um, be a good friend by listening more than talking. Um, offer a space of non-judgment, um, valuing your friends and providing mutual support. If you have friends and you are in a relationship, I promise it will help your relationship blossom and flourish and prosper because we may enjoy spending time with our partner. I get it. I could see Nick every day and not get tired of him, but I know that I need everything in balance and moderation. And if you have friends that are super conscious like yourself or else you wouldn't be listening to this podcast, um, create healing groups. It's, it's so cool to promote open and honest communication, uh, create a climate of trust and personal responsibility and inspire a sense of belonging, whether that's a church group or a woman's group or an exercise group, self-care with yourself and with your friends and ask yourself whether the groups you belong to help you to heal or whether they impede it because we have to have interests outside of our relationships. Our relationships are so important, but at the same time, we have to develop that sense of self and know where we are coming from. So I would highly encourage you all to get involved, um, become a leader. Um, these all help optimal healing environments, and this will help on your healing journey um, back from yourself. Sometimes we get into traumatic experiences or relationships where we can lose ourselves and healing journeys are so undervalued. Um, they're so important. 
So I hope that this shed some light on healing and intimacy and sex, kind of a little bit of everything, but I think I'm feeling good about where this episode is ending. I hope you all have a beautiful weekend or a beautiful week whenever you are hearing this. Let me know how your relationships are going. Let me know how your relationship with yourself is going. Um, I fully support healing relationships, not just with others, but with yourself. Crucial and vital and so fucking important. Will change your life. The right relationships heal you. The wrong relationships hurt you. And we have to learn to distinguish the difference between the two. Because I got to tell you guys, when I met Nick, I knew he was healthy. um, Unlike anything I've ever entertained before. And I really wanted to push him away. I very much wanted to self-sabotage and just make an excuse and then just run to a bunch of people who validated the way I felt about myself, which was not good. Sometimes discomfort is you have to be uncomfortable because often as someone that experienced trauma, we get comfortable with things that are kind of harmful to us. So challenge your narrative, maybe entertain someone that goes against the story that you feel about yourself because that cliche saying that people treat us the way that we feel about ourselves is so fucking true. So go for something different today. Do the opposite of what you are naturally drawn to and see how that changes your life. I'm right there with you, my love. As usual, I'm healing. It's a journey. It's not linear. There's times where I take two steps forward and eight steps back, but without a doubt, we got this. We can keep trudging ahead to get to where we want to go. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a wicked day.